Hello and welcome to Signals. I'm your host, Ted Brogy. My guest is Serena Wright-Taylor. She is a Vedic astrologer and intuitive from England. She is a UFO researcher and Serena is going to tell us about her history, about where we are and where we might be going. thought-provoking subjects and you know, information that would help people and enrich people's lives. And I, and I wanted someone who was a positive, upbeat person. And you are a very interesting and up, <laughs> optimistic person. So I feel really blessed that you're, you're oh. on my first show. Thank you. <laughs> oh, thank you. That's such a nice thing to say. <laughs> well, I'm sure you are as well. Oh, well, <laughs> Serena, when I was a kid, um, I loved astronomy. Uh, I got every book on astronomy when I was a little boy, and I love the stars, and I, I love science fiction, and uh, I, as I got older, I, I gravitated toward Art Bell's show, Coast to Coast. Art Bell had on tremendous guests like Whitley Streeper and your friend, Linda Moulton Howe, the great investigative reporter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, that's how I found you, uh, eventually, by following her over the years and, and oh, hearing your guest uh-huh. appearances on different podcasts. So uh, I'm really intrigued by Vedic astrology and, uh, and, and the fact that you are not only a, an astrologer, but an intuitive and a UFO researcher. So you're all the things that I'm interested in. So what I, what oh. I, couldn't, I couldn't have a better guest. Oh, so, that's great. So Serena, what I'd like you to do is uh, something you've done hundreds of times, I guess, is, is to just tell our, our listening audience how you got started uh, as a as a as a child, I guess, becoming interested in 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 the stars and and uh, the cosmos and extraterrestrials. It's very interesting <laughs> story. I yeah, yeah. I think that um, uh, that most of that was in what we think are dreams and not always dreams, right? So I'm sure a lot of people have that experience, and um, and I think also um, I was realizing lately that it might have been that I also was an only child and I had more time to sort of look into things. Um, So um, could be that because I I remember when I played with other children, we would play sort of group activities. And and then when I was by myself, I might, you know, well, actually most of the time I was studying insects. I was looking at insects, Mm -hmm. but um, in the garden and everything. Um, But then later, you know, I might read more. I did a lot of art and I didn't always feel the need to, to be with, playing with other children and so I kind of had a like kind of an equal amount of out you know playing with them and playing you know by myself that could have been why I had more time to think about all those things I'm not sure um but I think a lot of people do but the the dreams I had I called them dreams too because when I explained them to my parents they would say oh you had interesting dreams so I thought they were all dreams but as I got older I realized these are um like 
lessons. They're like classes that we get. And a lot of us get them and my clients have them. And um, some people call it, you go to a learning place and you learn things. Um, but the first kinds of dreams I had weren't really in um, a school looking place. Um, they were mostly seeing visions of the universe, seeing visions of planets and, um, and being on this planet. And sometimes they were a little scary um, because I was sort of hiding in some grass and looking up and seeing different kinds of, of craft. Um, but I'd also mostly be scared when I saw our, you know, planes from this, like planes that I called war planes. Um, I'd see them um, and that scared me. But, but other times I would see um, different kinds of craft going from one planet to another. And the, what I saw was very much like my husband's paintings. Of course, I didn't know him at all then. Mm. <laughs> and, um, and he didn't have those experiences then. Um, but um, uh, his paintings, that's Douglas Taylor, uh, you might have seen he's got, uh, he does different kinds of planets, life on different kinds of planets. And he also paints um, different kinds of uh, craft um, in the sky. And you can see more than one planet at a time in the sky. Well, that's what I would see. So that got me thinking about, you know, UFOs. But then it was really um, uh, flying saucers. And so um, gradually I learned that's what they were called. It took a while to learn that even. And, um, and I would learn about um, that. You know, I, I realized that uh, as above, so below, because I liked to play, like I said, with insects and look in the pond. Um, and we had different kinds of uh, mosquito larvae and all that. And I, also, mm -hmm. I always find that really interesting. I don't find it kind of gross or anything. I love <laughs> it. And um, <laughs> I'd be talking about those things. <laughs> um, and so uh, um, it, it would be just like the universe. So I would be learning. Uh, really, they were teaching me, my, you could say, spirit guides. I don't know if they were extraterrestrials. That, you know, just like there's life in the pond, there's life in the air in the, in, on this planet, that all the, the universe has life. And it's um, on other planets, but it's also traveling from one to another. And there could even be beings that live in space that don't need air. So, you know, all those things I started to think about really young. So I think that's how it started, really. Well, I, I can relate. My sisters and I used to grab bugs, put them, put them in jars, and we would observe them. I don't think we would torture yeah. them. I don't put little holes in the in the lids and watch their behavior. <laughs> so I can totally relate to uh, to what you were doing as a kid. Um, yeah. So, Sabrina, what 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 prompted you to get interested in 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 astrology, particularly Vedic astrology? Oh, that was when I was actually living in ashrams, living in Vedic temples. And, um, you know, you'd hear about Vedic astrology and how that was very accurate. And then I began meeting astrologers, um, not necessarily ones that lived in the ashram, but they would come and visit and teach me things. And it was really interesting how I was always given a kind of a um, mentor, um, like there would be astrologer who would you know, want to explain everything to me and help me. And in England, and then when I came to America, um, I had two friends, who I, do, I do now, who are wonderful astrologers and who we just chat and learn more, you know. You're always learning. I think a lot of spiritual sciences are like that. Mm -hmm. um, everything's like that, really. So you can't sure. really say you know everything. Um, so I just, um, so I, in other words, I consider myself always learning um, about astrology and expanding my knowledge. And Vedic astrology is like that. Um, 
uh, you know, it's so deep because it has, it really talks about our spiritual progress through our lifetimes as well. Um, and, uh, you know, because our um, karma, you know, we get a life according to our karma, but also our desire, because it's not just karma, it's not just written in stone. Because um, mm-hmm. then why improve yourself, right? Why do anything? <laughs> it's yes, like, yes. But all, all these things work, all um, the, the, you know, different kinds of um, uh, improving our life, whether it's meditation and spiritual progress and made in different ways, um, looking after our health and um, thinking, you know, about a very important deep things, studying philosophy in different kinds of teachings all over the world. All these things help us to understand this more. So, you know, even though it's Vedic astrology, it's talking about everything. It's not, you know, it's not a religion. It's a science of life. Really. Yes, I, I, I did read a couple of books on Vedic astrology in preparation for this, just so I have some <laughs> terms that I could relate to. And what I did read about, yeah. about, about readings and about astrology and about karma, uh, particularly about readings, is that, like you just said, it's not set in stone. Um, uh, an astrologer like yourself could warn someone about something that may happen if they don't change their behavior. So it, it's it's not mm-hmm. a prediction of their future, but but you can sort of set them on the right path. Is that a, a decent way yeah. to assess it? Yeah, it's good to know the cycles, and and also it's it's um kind of you don't want to strive for something that's not going to work in that particular cycle, when maybe you know, it's better in the next cycle to strive for that and it'll come very quickly. So, um, you know, there's times when it's more spiritual and quiet in our life and we have to take care of ourselves more. And there's other times when it's great for making great gains and and forging ahead. And that's what astrology, all kinds of astrology, you know, tropical as well, every time, they can help us with this, actually. Um, So it's something People think, you know, oh, you know, it's just sort of fortune telling, <laughs> but, but it isn't. It, it exactly. really can help you with daily life and, and you know, all kinds of other things like compatibility or, or the best place to live or all these different things can come into it. The Vedas were getting communication from extraterrestrials, I, from what I gather. Uh, who do you think those people were? And do you think they're still around today? In other words, there are so many UFO sightings in the world that, that you can see on YouTube and other media sources. It's clear to me that we're being visited or observed. Mm-hmm. Do you think those, do you think those uh, particular extraterrestrials are still with us, are still monitoring us and still influencing us? Um, yes. The, the reason why you see in the um, ancient times in Spain is in past, the past yoga, Mostly it talks about Dwapara Yuga, um, but now we're in Kali Yuga, which people may be familiar with. It's, it's more, uh, there's more degradation, there's more trouble, there's a shorter lifespan, actually, than there was before. And so a lot of what you read in the Vedas was um, very much, a lot of it was in the Dwapara Yuga, where people did live, live longer and they took spiritual life seriously. And a person was, you know, admired for their spiritual progress, not just for you know what they their belongings or you know how beautiful they were or something, they were admired sure. for their spiritual progress and wisdom as well, and so people would learn from them. And the thing is, that's when more advanced extraterrestrials would be more interested in meeting us um, and coming here, um, and because um, people were um, in tune with them, and um, the the more advanced spiritually advanced as well. 
Um, and, there's, and it really explains in the Vedas that there's, you know, extraterrestrials or there's beings that live in, on all the planets. That, and the planets themselves are personal. They, they are, just like we say Mother Earth, she really is a, a person, but not, you know, with an Earth body. <laughs> so it, it, everything is, is, comes back to having a personality, which is so interesting. So really, really the planets are there because um, that people, people live on them. They can be looking like people. They can be looking a little different. Um, most of the ones you see in the Vedas look like human beings um, because they are the ones, you know, that were relating to people and that more advanced spiritually. Um, the greys, which a lot of people see now, um, they're not depicted in the Vedas. But there was a name given to a certain kind of ET, Kimparusha. And what and Kimparusha means, is it human? So it's like someone looked at them and said, is it human? <laughs> because the gray doesn't really look human completely. So and, and there's some depictions of them on caves going right back to those times. So yeah, I think people knew about them. Um, they would be not from necessarily the heavenly or the more advanced spiritual planets. Uh, they would probably be from, you know, planets that either are on our level or, or what we call lower, um, meaning less, less spiritual knowledge, even if they had technology that was advanced. Um, and that's why they could have ended up uh, needing our help more, um, because they might have, you know, ended up destroying the, their planet or so on. You know, people say that they cause, you know, they had wars and things and they had to learn not to do that. So, um, so that's one of the things, or they lived underground or something because of the problems they cause on that planet. <laughs> so it could be that. Um, but yeah, there's beings on all different planets. And I think the more advanced spiritual ones are not so interested in coming here now, obviously, because the aura, you know, from this planet cannot be good. And the, the energy or the frequency um, is just not the same as it was in those times. But, though, but they do appear to people, they do help people. And, um, and they try to uplift us and give us some kind of guidance without interfering. That, that's how I see it, really. So there are- Well, I think, I think you're right. <laughs> I do think you're right. Uh, uh, I don't think we're doing too well as a race right now based on what, I'm, uh, what I am observing. Yeah, uh, but I think I heard you say that the energy or the frequency of, of this world was better in the past than it is now. Is that correct? Yes, yeah, exactly. Because yeah, okay. we're creating that frequency, and you know everything's really based on frequency, and um, that's how astrology works. Um, because people think because it can't be gravity, because you know how can gravity from a planet that far away affect? It? But it's actually frequencies, and so um, why you know you might have heard of people um, wearing different kinds of gems for different planets. If a planet needs some help in your chart. You know, you can wear a certain gem because that has the same frequency as the planet. Um, yes. So that, you know, that's what we, that's why it has an actual um, meaning when we do that, has a reason. <laughs> yeah, I think you're right about, um, well, as far as Vedic astrology is concerned, when people wonder about how the stars can affect us, it seems that it, it's, a, it's a real possibility if you look at physics and you consider quantum entanglement one thing, one object can affect another in a different part of the universe, no matter, no matter how far apart they are. So I, it does lead me to believe that there's a lot to astrology and there's a lot to consider and a lot of it seems to be very accurate. For instance, when I read my, when I read my um, 
when I did my chart online, um, I noticed my ascending sign was Sagittarius. And I'm telling you, it, it described me to a T. I mean, you could probably say, well, it, it can describe a lot of people. But I have to say that it really did describe me in detail, uh, very accurately. Mm -hmm. So I, I do believe there's a lot to it. It's a very, very intricate science. And I, I really, yeah. uh, I really applaud you for, for taking it on. There's a lot to, lot to know and a lot to consider. Yeah. Um, well, I enjoy it. And I, like I think I was going to say before, I started really looking at it because I wanted to know about myself. And I was asking the other astrologers about myself. And then I thought, oh, this is so interesting. I have to learn it. And of course, it was much easier um, once we had computers um, to get to cast the chart at the beginning, um, because I don't like a lot of, of figures and numbers. And I don't like that so much, so. Sure, it was sure. really good. Now it, I get the chart, and then I can start reading it right away. Um, and uh, uh, and actually, you know, I spend like at least an hour before someone calls me. I don't just look at it as soon as they call. Um, when we have an appointment, um, you know, seeing what's going on, what what they're like, and then also what their life is like at this time. So I have a few pages of notes, so I don't forget something to sure. tell them. And then mostly we talk about you know the questions they have about now, you know, whatever's going on that they've called about so that we can sure. get into helping them with that. Yeah, I'm aware of the different conditions in the houses where different planets are in aspect to each other. And I know those are called yogas. Mm -hmm. I know about mm -hmm. lunar mansions. And so I can see where you would have to really write out things and condense it down so that you could present it in a timely way for, for a person who is looking for a reading. Yeah, um, yeah. Serena, in as we wrap things up here, what I'd like you to do is, in general, just do a reading for the world, just off the top of your head, using your intuitive nature. I, obviously, we've been through so much in the last few years with the, uh, you know, the so-called pandemic, you know, the illnesses, the deaths, the lockdowns, the economic strife, the wars. Where do you think, or where do you think we're heading in the next several months to a year? What can you give us? Or your from your heart, where you think things are going to end up, or or how things are going to be in the next year for us? Um, well, I think that a lot of it is up to us. Um, yeah, I mean, there's certain challenges that that come along with you know astrological time and transits and all that, and the different countries that that have you know some improvements and some not so much. Um, uh, Ukraine is going on for a little bit longer. It, it was never meant to be short. We could see that at the time. Um, it is uh, the time that we're talking today is actually Ukrainian Independence Day. Mm. Um, so <laughs> I was just thinking about Ukraine today. But um, uh, yeah, there's but there's troubles all over. And even if we, you know, we can look at planets and think, oh, that that month's going to be bad. Or but there's always something here. But the thing is to take responsibility individually. And um, and we really have to know how we can make a difference and not just think, oh, we can be pushed around by whatever's going on. Um, don't give up, really, because um, I'm thinking about um, when you would ask me that question, immediately in my head, um, a lady called the Peace Pilgrim came into my head and mm. she passed away in the 70s. She was an older lady and she would talk about peace. And she was she even though she was in her 70s, she would just walk and she put it, she had a little um tea, you know a top with peace on it peace pilgrim on it 
And she would talk about peace wherever she went, whether it was mm. an individual or a group. And then gradually people asked her to speak in universities and everything and interview her on TV. And she would walk until she was given shelter um, and, um, and food. She wouldn't try to get those things independently. She would get someone picked up her mail and she would write, you know, get, to get it delivered to her wherever she was and answer. Um, it's amazing. That was before computers, you know. Um, but she, she would talk about how, you know, even you've got to start this individually. It's not just, you know, try to make peace in the world. Um, you've got to do it in your own family and friends and individually feel peace in your own mind and heart. And um, so that's how we have to think to live it individually, not just try for the before the outside peace, you know. And um, that's why, you know, it's good to try to do every day something for someone to even if you smile at somebody um, and say hello they're going to feel good they're going to go and smile at someone else and, and say hello and and things like that uh, just as don't worry about trying to argue or trying to change people just be very very uh, caring to other people and of course animals as well and um, and we can if we all did that just imagine the change so um, yeah, I agree with you. Even in, in Boston, you know, Boston is known as a pretty cold city. If you give someone a smile you know, as you approach them and say hello, you get one back. And it's surprising sometimes. Yeah. And, and, you know, I've got her book and I haven't even read it for a long time. I just keep her a lot of her teachings in my head. And that's what came to me because it's good to know, you know, we want to know astrologically all the things. Yeah, they're not all that great, but then there's times when they are. Um, we, we do like that, you know, but then we can individually try out it like she did um, independently to, to bring about change within our own lives. But, um, uh, yeah, Jupiter is now in a, a much better sign in, in the Vedic astrology, of course. Um, it's in Pisces, and um, which is which is its own sign. And so as soon as that happened, um, it, there was more, um, you know, less problems with the pandemic. And there was um, more opportunity to travel because that we, we were predicting that all Vedic astrologers, we were all predicting that. Um, and it's, it's going to be in Pisces longer. And then um, uh, Saturn has just gone back in, you know, re, uh, into Capricorn. So um, this is not in, they don't have this in, in the tropical uh, because, you know, there's 23 degrees difference, as you know. But that right away caused some more um, restrictions and some more, you know, um, more kind of rules, uh, various things happened in, in here in America and different places where we're more, mm -hmm. we feel more, dis more restricted, not just because of COVID. Um, and uh, that's disappointing. But, um, you know, it, at the end of the year, really January, it goes back into uh, Aquarius and it'll go, not back, but forward, where it was before, into Aquarius and uh, not going back into Capricorn. And really, when we all look at it, the whole pandemic and the restrictions really were while Saturn was in Capricorn. And uh, so uh, so that, you know, that and it went retrograded back. And it was with at one point uh, in 2020 with Jupiter, um, when a Jupiter was at its uh, debilitation point. Uh, so that was really a really bad time. And uh, so. Um, so, yeah, that was in December. 2020. Um, so um, now it, it's uh, it's a little better, but when Saturn goes back into Aquarius next year, then we should be more free, more less restrictions, 
and more uh, making more progress in the world. So that's one thing I see astrologically. But I did want to throw in about Peace Pilgrim because it came yeah. in. It, my, psychically, I just had to put something in about her. <laughs> yes, well, I, I really appreciate yeah. that. I can I can resonate with that. And I, 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 I'm happy to hear the news that things are going to get better next year. That's yeah. just what I wanted to hear. You have you have certainly delivered today, Serena. Thank you very yeah. much. Oh, Thanks. good. I hope we can do it again sometime in the near future. Oh, yes, I hope so. And we'll sort out the the, the problems with the video. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> I don't know why it happened. <laughs> okay. Thank you very much. <laughs> Thank you.